Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, co-manager at StarsAndStripesFC.com, where you can find the latest news on all things for the U.S. men's, women's, and youth national teams, and the players associated with the player pool, other issues related to the beautiful game in this country. Welcome to October, and October 1st, as we record, is a historic day for American soccer. We will discuss a major signing, huge, over in Europe, arguably the biggest move an American player has ever made. We will use that to segue into the Champions League draw, and we will find out where our Americans will be playing. After the break, we will discuss the Gold Cup draw that took place on Monday night and what it means for the U.S. men's national team as we have a loaded calendar next summer. But we begin with the news of the day. It has been rumored for weeks, but it was finally made official this morning. Serginho Dest is headed to FC Barcelona. Let me say that one more time. Serginho Dest is headed to FC Barcelona. There will be an American on the permanent first team at the Camp Nou. Let's hope that Conrad De La Fuente joins him on the first team really soon. Dest's transfer was announced earlier this morning by both Ajax and Barca. It's a five-year deal for Dest. Ajax will receive 21 million euros for the American right back, who will turn 20 on November 3rd. And they will also get an additional 5 million from Barca, should Dest achieve certain undisclosed performance metrics. But this is wild to me. We're talking about an American player who will play at one of the biggest clubs in the world. This is arguably the biggest transfer of a U.S. men's national team player in history. Of course, I'm not talking about the cash, but rather the stature. Barcelona is one of the top three richest clubs in the world. They are one of the three most popular clubs in the world. And for each, they battle yearly with rivals Real Madrid and also with Manchester United. And now we have an American at Barca in Serginho Dest. I'm not going to diss fellow American Conrad Del Fuente at all. He's a fine player. He has been a part of Barca's academy and youth teams for quite a while, and he even recently impressed during the preseason. But it appears as though Serginho Dest will likely beat Conrad De La Fuente in the race to become the first American player to play for Barca's first team in a regular season match. What a world. What a world that we live in. Dest is going to be competing with Sergio Roberto for that starting right back position. And part of the reason that this deal took so long was not only because Bayern Munich was also trying to get Sergio Dest, which is, again, what a world. But Barca wanted to unload incumbent right back Nelson Semedo first. They did that, sending him to Wolves last week in a 30 million euro deal. And that paved the way to do business with Ajax to bring Serginho Dest to the Catalan capital. Ronald Koeman, Barcelona and his new coach, he loves Dest. Before he arrived at the Camp Nou, he was the head coach of the Dutch national team. And as you all out there already know, he tried to recruit Dest to join the Orange over the USMNT. Dest, of course, opted to stay with the United States. But it's clear that Koeman rates Dest's technical ability and his ability to stay with some of the faster wings in La Liga. So this starting right back job right now appears to be Dest to lose. So we will see Dest in La Liga this season. We will see him in Copa del Rey action and also in the Champions League. The Champions League draw was also today. We'll get into that in just a minute. But Barcelona was drawn into Group G along with Juventus, Dinamo Kiev, and Ferenc Veros. So Serginho will go up against fellow national team teammate Weston McKinney 
in the group stage. It was important to note that Ajax and Barca, you, you think about the storylines, but they were in the same pot during the Champions League draw, so there was no chance of Dest facing his former team in the group stage. But this is such a high-profile move for an American player. In my personal time, I'm a Real Madrid fan, so this tears at my heart for real. I wanted Real to get an American at the Bernabeu before an American walked into the camp. No, but I am incredibly happy for Sergio Dest for this incredible move, this remarkable leap to one of the biggest clubs in the world. And all American fans should hope that he balls out for the Blaugrana. And imagine this. Next month, if the U.S. men's national team can get a match scheduled, we could trot out a lineup that includes players from Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Wolfsburg, Fulham, Juventus, RB Leipzig, Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund, Werder Bremen, Besiktas, and now FC Barcelona. The future is so bright for American soccer. And that future just might be now. going to use Sergio Dest's move to Barcelona to shift gears to the Champions League draw. As I mentioned, the Champions League draw took place earlier today as well, and we're going to break down who all of the Americans will be playing in the group stage. We have players at eight teams that will be playing in Champions League. We have Chris Richards at Bayern Munich, Zach Steffen at Manchester City, Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, Gio Reyna at Borussia Dortmund, Weston McKinney at Juventus, the aforementioned Sergio Dest at Barca, Ethan Horvath at Club Bruges, and Tyler Adams at RB Leipzig. And we also have a coach in Jesse Marsh. He coached Red Bull Salzburg through the qualifying round into the group stage. So let's take a look at all the groups and where our Americans were drawn. We begin with Group A. Group A consists of Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, Red Bull Salzburg, and Lokomotiv Moscow. Chris Richards and Bayern will go up against Jesse Marsh's Salzburg team twice in the group stage. Group B, we have Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter Milan, and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Fabian Johnson, he's no longer a part of Mönchengladbach, so there are no Americans, unfortunately, in this group this season. Group C, FC Porto, Manchester City, Olympiacos, and Olympique de Marseille. Zach Steffen will hopefully get a chance to start a few of these matches as he's the backup goalkeeper for the Citizens. Group D, Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta, and FC Michelin. Two teams that had Americans at one point, but no Americans in this group. But still, a fascinating group. Three very strong teams, and Michelin is a team that will not be an easy out for anybody. Group E sees Sevilla, Chelsea, FC Krasnodar, and Rennes. Christian Pulisic goes up against the Europa League champions of Sevilla and upstarts Stade de Rennes. Group F is FC Zenit, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, and Club Bruges, which means our boy Gio Reyna and Ethan Horvath will face off twice during the group stage. Now, the big group for Americans is Group G. Juventus, Barcelona, Dinamo Kiev, and Ferencvaros. This is the biggest matchup. Juve versus Barca twice. Weston McKinney versus Serginho Dest. And we also have, for the first time in a couple years since they did it in La Liga, Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. I'm telling you, if CBS does not put these two matches on big CBS, they are missing out on a grand opportunity. These will easily be the two biggest matches of the group stage. 
No, really, CBS. Put these matches on big CBS. This is I'm not playing. These should not be behind the paywall. They shouldn't even be on CBS Sports Network. They need to be on network TV for the whole country to see. And it would present a great opportunity for both Weston McKinney and Serginio Dest, the two Americans who made the biggest splash transfers during this window, two of the biggest transfers ever. We get to see them take the field against each other in the group stage of the Champions League. So Group G is the one to look out for. Finally, what I think is the group of death, if you will, Group H, PSG, Manchester United, RB Leipzig, and Istanbul Bashakasir. The hardest group possible. You could make an argument for Group D with Liverpool, Ajax, and Atalanta, but in Group H, you have two of the semifinalists from last season's competition in PSG and RB Leipzig. Tyler Adams, our boy, will have his work cut out for him when he travels to the Parc de Prince and to Old Trafford, and when PSG and Man U visit the Red Bull Arena. So this is going to be a hell of a test for Tyler Adams and Leipzig. But most importantly, out of all of these teams, we have some young Americans who will be in the mix for Champions League with aspirations of hoisting that trophy in Istanbul next May. We'll see how it all plays out. Action begins in the group stage on October 20th. Up next, we review the Gold Cup draw for the U.S. men's national team and see what their road to lifting the Gold Cup trophy will be. But first, let's pause for a quick break. We are back, and now we turn our attention to the U.S. men's national team. Next summer is going to be a loaded calendar for the men's national team. We have the Nations League playoffs, potentially the start of World Cup qualifying. And should the U23s qualify for the Olympics, that will begin at the end of July. And at the middle of all of that is the 2021 Gold Cup, which runs from July 10th to August 1st. And on Monday evening, CONCACAF held its first ever draw for the biennial competition. And we learned who the U.S. will face or could potentially face in the group stage of the tournament. But first... There are going to be some prelims that take place to determine the final three teams in the field of 16. Twelve teams will fight it out for that over four days just before the tournament starts. They were first paired off in the brackets of four. The winner of each bracket will be the team that goes into the Gold Cup field of 16. They're listed as prelim match 7, prelim match 8, and prelim match 9. Now, it should be noted that Trinidad and Tobago, who was scheduled to be in the prelims, was suspended by FIFA last week for grave violations of its statutes after a court dispute involving the Federation and FIFA's appointment of a committee to oversee operations. They were still included in the draw, but if they are still suspended on December 18th, Antigua and Barbuda will replace them in the prelims. Also, Qatar is an invited guest from CONCACAF and will participate in next summer's tournament as part of a pseudo-partnership with the Confederation. They will also appear in the tournament in 2023. The top four qualified teams, according to the FIFA World Rankings, were the seeded teams, and they were pre-assigned to groups. So Mexico was placed in Group A, the United States in Group B, Costa Rica in Group C, and Honduras in Group D. And as the invited guests, Qatar was also pre-assigned into the draw and will join Honduras in Group D. So having said all that, here is how the draw went down, and keep in mind, we know which prelim winner will go into each group, so I will list those possibles as well. In Group A, 
as I mentioned, Mexico. We also have El Salvador, Curacao, and the winner of prelim match nine, which consists of Trinidad and Tobago, or Antigua and Barbuda, Montserrat, Cuba, and French Guiana. The United States, as I mentioned, was preceded to Group B, and they will be joined by Canada, Martinique, and the winner of prelim match seven, which is Haiti, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Bermuda, or Barbados. Group C is led by Costa Rica and also includes Jamaica, Suriname, and the winner of prelim match eight, which could be Guatemala, Guyana, Guadeloupe, or the Bahamas. And Group D, as I mentioned, led by Honduras, also includes Panama, Grenada, and Qatar. As I mentioned, Qatar was pre-assigned to this group. So we have some pretty decent groups there, and it all depends on who emerges from the prelims to accurately predict who's going to make it out of these groups. The prelim match winners could have an advantage with playing must-win matches right before the Gold Cup begins. The, the prelims take place from July 2nd through 6th. The tournament starts on July 10th, so they could use momentum to fly right into the group stage, or they could be tired from the pressure of just trying to make it. It remains to be seen. For the U.S. men's national team, we do have a decent draw. We, we get to renew our budding rivalry with Canada, who we, of course, saw twice last fall in the CONCACAF Nations League. They infamously stomped us out in Toronto, and then we responded in kind a month later in Orlando. The U.S. men's national team last faced Martinique in the 2017 Gold Cup group stage, and if you remember that game, they were a really tough out. It was a 3-2 victory for the U.S., but it was not easy. Martinique is not a FIFA member, so a match against them doesn't help us with points in the rankings, if you follow those things. But Martinique is a team that's steadily improving, and we should expect them to give us a good fight. Finally, if Haiti emerges as the prelim match 7 winner, that could also be a tough test. We last faced them in the 2015 Gold Cup group stage. We won 1-0 at a challenging match there. We could also see an upset in the prelims from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, who we faced in qualifying twice back in the 2018 World Cup cycle. If it's Bermuda, that may be the outlier because that's a team that we have not seen on the field since February of 1991. They most recently gave Haiti and Costa Rica runs for their money in the 2019 Gold Cup group stage. And finally, Barbados is a team we haven't seen since 2008. We faced them twice in the span of a week back in June of 2008, including an 8-0 victory at what is now Dignity Health Sports Park. It's still the most lopsided victory in men's national team history. So, we have an opportunity to do some damage, and it sets up where if we win the group, we could have a relatively easy walk to the final. I say relatively easy because we all know anything can happen. Because it is possible that we could see Jamaica, who we have seen in the knockout stage of the last three Gold Cups. They also made it to the final in 2015 after beating us in the semis. We returned favor in 2017, beating them in the final. We also won in the semis in 2019. So they are not slouches at all. That would be an incredibly tough match if we line up against them. However, if we finish second in the group, that could be worse because that would set us up for a potential matchup with Costa Rica in the quarterfinals and then Mexico in the semifinals. We definitely don't want that. We want those two teams to fight it out, and hopefully if we get to the final, we just take on the winner. But all in all, it should be an interesting Gold Cup, and with the loaded schedule next summer, how Greg Berhalter balances everything and puts out a roster that can beat everyone in the region will be a major test of logistics, tactics, and moxie. So let's hope everyone in the player pool 
has a great season with their clubs. Let's hope they stay fit and they're ready to go at that point because it will truly be all hands on deck. And we will leave it there for this 22nd episode of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. I appreciate all the listens out there, all the downloads and the feedback about our episodes. I'd like to send a special thanks to Kurt, who recently sent a nice email about the Jersey episode, episode 11. I appreciate you, Kurt. Thank you for the positive feedback. And if any of you out there have some feedback or have a topic suggestion, feel free to email me at ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. And if it's a good one, you know I'll find a way to put it in a future show. So thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, positive rates and reviews are always a nice gesture and they're greatly appreciated. It helps with searches for the show and it helps other people find it. Obviously, tell your friends about it, tell your neighbors, tell your family. Thank you, and we'll check you out next week. Take care.